2: Welcome to week two of Fast Action Friday. Lewis, unfortunately, is unable to join us tonight. Uh, so it is just myself and Rob flying the Fast Action Falcon tonight. Uh, Rob, how's it going, mate? Very well, yeah. Uh, had a good long week at work, you know, getting all these articles
1: out, you know, and just it's nice to have a blockbuster Thursday night game uh, to talk about again like there was last week. Um, did you did you catch any of it? I was...
2: Just watched some quick highlights this morning as I was having my breakfast. Yeah, oh, there's some good things to talk
1: about in here. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, I imagine Lewis is probably listening along while doing daddy daycare. So, hello, hello,
2: yeah. Nice. All right then, uh, let's keep this snappy and get straight down to business. Then, so first up, our Thursday night throwback. All right. And so this week's Thursday game saw the Chargers travel to Arrowhead. Uh, two teams got the uh, week one win. Uh, but then they faced up in the divisional match, and it was a Stager Charger game mixed with a standard uh, Chiefs game, in the sense that the Chargers got the lead and then let the other team back in and blew it, whereas the Chiefs let the other team get ahead and then called it back to win it. So, quite an, an entertaining game, really. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and, and I know, like the the
1: score, final score ha- had the Chiefs win, but actually, I felt Justin Herbert came away with a solid stat lining and he played rather well so 33 completed passes on on quite a few more than my homes as well um yielded 334 yards three touchdowns so on the surface looks great but he also had an interception a game-changing interception and that turned into a 99-yard return score and that was ultimately the score that separated the teams um To to add insult to injury, or to injury to insult, um, Herbert also got an injury after the Chiefs took the lead. So, quite tough viewing for Chargers fans, and I imagine for fantasy fans post-game. When it comes to Mahomes, he had a quieter night, 24 completions, 235 yards with two touchdowns. Some would say a Samuels interception only hit the floor after the completion, but it's it's a close call. I think there's going to be quite a few... um, Chats about that in the near future. Um, but you've got to go with what you dealt with. You know, his his delayed arm pass to Jarrett McKinnon, that was a thing of beauty. You. you know, he's he's done that in the past normally to um to to Kelsey, but yeah, this time McKinnon was was the, the recipient. And again, Justin Watson hit him with a cracking pass, took apart JC Jackson on the corner, uh, Justin Watson cut inside. JC Jackson saw that, that hand coming out, but it was nowhere near, and yeah, a, a good reception.
2: Yeah, it was, um, like you say, the the McKinnon pass usually to uh, to the tight end, but I, I th- mm. it's quite good to actually see now that obviously Hill's gone as well, they're actually mixing things up and it's changing their offense slightly, but still got the same trick plays, which is, is always good with the, that, that offense to watch. So, yeah, interesting. Mm. All right, so the rest of the offensive players, I'll start with the Chargers. Obviously, Allen was out for this game. Um, and after last week's no show it was nice to see Big Mike step up he had a good 8 receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown and he was catching some absolute monsters so that was uh, good to get him back mm. into the game yeah. as well uh, Everett, mm-hmm. he had a nice game too with 6 receptions for 71 yards um, then you got the, the 2 kind of unknowns still I think with Carter and Palmer they're kind of newer names to the team so mm. Carter caught 3 of his passes for 55 yards and Palmer had four receptions for thirty yards, uh, but he did pick up a touchdown as well. So that was that was good for his stats. Um, for a, a second week now as well, the fullback Hovath is that? Is, I think is, is it Horvath? Oh, like Hovarth, yeah, yeah. He had one reception for one yard and a touchdown. That's uh, that's all it needs, isn't it? You need a yard yeah. and a touchdown. That's
1: that's all it needs.
2: So He's he kind of sneaking some of those uh, those touches away on the on the goal line. So one to watch on is that one. Obviously mm. not quite good enough to be putting in the uh fancy teams, but he keeps on stealing touchdowns. So, Um obviously rushing as well, then we've got Eckler, he had 14 attempts for only 39 yards, but he did have nine receptions for 55 yards. Uh the other two running backs in Kelly and Michelle, they didn't really get used. Um tough one, that one, because Michelle when the charges got down to the the red
1: zone, close to the line, they brought Michelle in and he got stuffed at the one-yard line, and you didn't really see much again from him from the red zone. Like it was, it was a bit more of a mix. But yeah, yeah that was a chance for Michelle to score and didn't take it. And you you, you never know. You might see Eckler getting more carries closer to the uh, the Russian touchdowns, closer to the twenty and the ten and in the five. The red
2: zone and yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to touch on it too much, but the day in which you'll talk about in a minute, uh, it actually helped the Chargers a lot, but it had few. Uh, quite a few short fields, so that kind of contributed to quite a few of the minimal stats for everyone, apart from obviously Big Mike, who was balling out. Uh, Chiefs, CH, he had eight rush attempts for 74 yards, with an extra four receptions for 44 yards to top up his stats. Uh, McKinnon, he's still stealing touches and had four rush attempts for 12 yards, but managed to steal, receiving touchdown off two receptions for four yards as well. So that was, again, those, those kind of Extra backs kind of coming in and stealing some of the work and getting the touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I mean, pacheco has been dropping himself in there, but no sign of Ronald Jones yet. I, no. I think he could be an odd man out. You, you may see him get cut in in a couple of weeks, unless an injury appears
2: in this yes. running back team. I mean, you said you talked about the Chiefs rookie. Then um, after a good showing last week, he only had two attempts for six yards. So, kind of game script didn't. And- didn't bring him in this time around. Um, receivers Juju three receptions, 10 yards MVS, two receptions, 13 yards Harmon, three for forty nine. Uh, Watson had two receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown, so that was nice. Um, and then Kelsey had sort of a quiet game, he had uh, five for 51 yards. So it's yeah, the Chiefs D again had some part of, to kind of go along with this too, but I'll hand it back to you to talk about the D. The D. Yeah,
1: um.
2: Obviously, we we covered about it in the quarterbacks. The big takeaway from
1: this game, the what looked like to be the big separate, was that that ninety nine yard touchdown return um, from from the rookie. I believe it was a rookie who got slotted in at short notice. Um, yeah, he was the big difference. The majority of the big offensive players kept quiet, like you've already covered, which is why it was some less than conventional touchdown touchdown scores at Horvath, McKinnon, Palmer, Watson. I think the extra fantasy points for attacking the quarterback play were quite small as well. Considering like how many points both teams got last week, you know, the chiefs against the Cardinals, the Chargers against the Raiders and sacks were minimal this week. Only the one interception, the, the big one. So um, I think that was partly down to the line doing fairly well, but also um, evasion from both quarterbacks until they got that massive hit. Um, yeah. And it is, it is a shame that the game scoreline came down to that one big mistake because you know, overall, it was it was quite an entertaining game on on both sides of the ball.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, it was good. Uh, big plays then. So, I I was already talked about Williams. I loved his one-handed catch uh, for that touchdown in the corner. Uh, defense was all over him, but he he just pulled it in and created a nice highlight reel for himself. He had a, a few big plays in the game as well. One kind of came over the top uh, down the middle as well, which was pretty good to see, especially after like I say after his no-show in week one
1: um mine well I've got to have have a few but uh doing James power slamming Kelsey in the in the red zone that was a brutal hit it was like he was almost up over the head and then down he came that was like yeah and that, that's like an American football playing dropping dropping that on him as well Herbert pulling up and then throwing a the ball away so close to the first down marker I thought that was quite unusual but I felt like he did it because he didn't want to get hit again so it kind of made sense but for me the 99 touchdown return that's got to be the play of the day. It separated both teams. It was a big turning point.
2: Yeah, talking about that, Herbert. He obviously, kind of, it was Winston and kind of just threw it away. But literally, the second, the next play straight after him, um, he put it on a dime and put it straight down the middle and got the first down. And he still kind of pushed through. So it was. Yeah. Well, that those rib injuries. I think they're still waiting on test results to see what's going on to to see the extent of the damage and what's kind of going on, but. Yeah, there we go. All right, next up, we are talking about injuries on the injury report. All right, so Keen Allen, we just said, did not play through his hamstring injury. Uh, Justin Herbert getting those x-rays afterwards. uh, They're kind of coming back negative, but it kind of – that sounds promising, but he's getting more tests to kind of see – Why it was happening, what was going on, and if he's how much of a recovery he's going to need to kind of, I'm guessing he'll be available for the next game and they'll just sort him out and tape him up. But um, another aspect is to highlight is that several Chargers linemen also kind of left the game through injury as well. So could mean less protection for him, uh, which is obviously not good, and then lower the level of the run blocking. Anyway, on to running backs. Who are you covering this week? So we talked about him last week. We'll talk about it again this week because he actually got
1: injured in this game. That's Elijah Mitchell uh, with his knee injury. Likely out for two months. We did mention Jeff Wilson last week as the one who could get more touches in a positive game script, but it looks like he could be the favourite to actually lead that backfield now. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Marlon Mack has been signed to the practice squad uh, and he's got veteran experience. So maybe he could be the one who comes up to the proper squad uh, and takes over from some of these uh lesser-known rookies with less experience, but Carl Shanahan just uses who he wants to use, doesn't he? so it's uh, it's all up in the air. Um, Najee Harris seemed to have tweaked his foot injury earlier on in the week in the game, and it looked like it could have been Jalen Warren to take control, as he took the vast majority of steps after Harris left. But the, the, the injuries developed, and it seems to be that the midweek where he's passed, which is great, and Harris looks to be back in the clear for this week's match against New England. We'll just have to see um, what the final report says when it comes to on the game. And then the final running back to look at Alvin Kamara. People were quite surprised that he didn't get as involved in the game last week against the Falcons. It turns out he was dealing with a rib injury. Um, oh, there you go. So, yeah, it came out after the game. So they were quite surprised. I probably expect his usage to go up against the books. A- Particularly after it looked like Ingram struggled quite a bit with dealing with some of the defenders. So I think Kamara could be there with the rushes and with the pass-catching element as well.
2: Yeah. All right, so Dak Prescott. Obviously, we've heard all about him this week. Uh, he looked to be heading for the IR with his thumb injury and then he and he wasn't. And then there were murmurs that he could actually only need seven to ten days. But then, obviously, he's such a good healer, as they all say. But... <laughs> Who the chuff knows? No, but... yep. <laughs> anyway, Cooper Rush uh, is in, which could change the fortunes of the other Dallas players. So keep an eye on that. Um, Dak will definitely be out this week. Um, so at least we know that Cooper Rush is in for a role against the Bengals. Uh, Mac Jones, he came back to training after his back injury, only to be floored by a non-COVID-related illness. He didn't train as of Thursday, uh, which means we could see a backup taking place against the Steelers. Just watch his practice status today, see what's going on with that. Um, if the switch does happen, it's more likely going to be Brian than over the rookie. Um, going back to the running backs, I don't know if you saw this, but Brian Robs- uh, Robinson was back doing drills yesterday after being mm. shot. So getting him back to football is awesome uh, after such a short time. So I hope he gets himself back. Um, and I know I'm jumping on your toes here with your wide receivers, <sighs> but Pittman didn't practice on Thursday, so watch out for his playing status as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, T Higgins is the first one I've got with the wide receivers with his concussion. He hasn't yet completed the protocol. uh, And now he's starting to miss training for personal reasons as well. So there's there's two reasons that he he could be missing the game this weekend. Um, You could expect Tyler Boyd to get a boost here. You know, he has done it before. He could do it again. But um, something to note to recognise is that Hayden Hurst, uh, the tight end, end, your boy, he got a healthy target share. Uh, once Higgins have left the field. So that's something to bear in mind when you're making your lineup selections this week. And then Wondell Robinson for the New York Giants. This is going to be big news for, for Lewis when he talks about his flex of the week later on. Lewis has sent a video in, so he gets to talk about his flex of the week. Um, he's missed two practices with an injury, has Wondell Robinson. So chances are very similar of him playing. Richie James shined in his absence and perhaps we'll see Daniel Bellinger make an impact this week. That is, of course, if Saquon doesn't hoover everything up against the Panthers.
2: It was nice seeing back to back, wasn't it? Oh, so good. Yeah. I've um I've
1: championed him in this offseason. I think I had him as my RB in the top five RBs. So he yeah, he's he's one of my favourites for this season. Um so much so I chose him over Ecklet in my in my home <laughs> draft. So I'll have to see how that pans out. Yeah. So third segment. It is weak points. And in the week points, we normally go off, you know, the, the average scores conceded against positions. We've only had one week of action, so not a lot to go off with, you know, could be some off days for some teams, but we shall look at week one stats uh, and see if any teams are plumbing new lows or if it's just business as usual compared to what we talked about last week. Um, this time it's based off the fantasy pros points against rather than the NFL fantasy website. So um, maybe some differences in the scoring. However, let's talk about QBs.
2: All right, so weakest against quarterbacks was Cardinals. Led the week this week with 34.9 points conceded. They faced the Raiders, uh, so potentially strong week for Derek Carr is incoming. He found a nice connection with Devante Adams again and Waller as well, so positives for the Las Vegas Raiders, which is good. Uh, the Rams were second with 33.5 after a Thursday night pasting by the Bills. Uh, so, they then play the Falcons this week. So, uh, oh, and the Jags are also third with 29.7 point, uh, points. They come up against the Colts. So, look for Matt Ryan to power. a strong performance. We like Matt Ryan. Yeah, we do indeed. If Pittsman's not
1: in, though, we may see him moving around a bit more. Nahim Hines is still out there as well. You know, he nice. could be a, a good pass catching option. Uh, speaking of Naheem Hines, running backs, the weakest against running backs last week were the Eagles. 40.5 points against the Lions. This week, they play the Vikings. So, it could be a big week for Dalvin Cook and Alan Batterson if he, if he gets involved. It could be a big game on the cards there. And that's a nice link into the Arizona Cardinals, who are second on this list. And like we've said before, they play the Raiders. So, it looks like many positions are going to feast against the Raiders here. It could have just been an off week against the Chiefs. But with Jacobs, you know, Zemir White, Brandon Bolden, in a surprising pass catching role rather than Amir Abdullah, there's there's quite a few options there to choose from, and then sadly the third team is the Panthers. You know we got run over by the the Browns last week, and yeah, could this be the continuation of Saquon season? I mean, hopefully not, <laughs> but um, for my fantasy teams, <laughs> I, I I don't think I would mind.
2: Yes, yeah, a double edged sword there for you. You want Barkley to be going off, but you don't want him going off against the team. So yeah. All right. Weakest against the wide receivers. The Rams got torn apart by Buffalo for 52.2 uh, points. They're playing the Falcons this week, who incidentally are third on the list with 43.6. So if Alan Robinson can't do it against the Falcons, then you've all <laughs> sunk the ninth round pick in redrafts. Play. So that's that's not good, is it? So <laughs> anyway, sandwiched in between them are the Jags with 44.5 points. They're up against the Colts. So. Load up your Pittman if he's healthy. Uh, definitely Campbell. I love Campbell as well. But he's just he just needs to stay healthy and, yeah, go for it. Anyway, it's uh, one to watch this weekend for those. And I think, looking back at the Rams, who obviously played against the Bills, who are were pretty strong, I'm hoping that they're just going to come out and go, actually, yeah, no, we're mm. still, still a team to be considered. I think it's a
1: bit of a false economy, isn't it? After, after week one... Week one, yeah it's just a week one outlier but we'll, we'll see what happens uh weaker skin tight ends oh let's look it's Lucas the cardinals again oh 30.2 <laughs> points
2: wonder how so... many points they got given <laughs> against them <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so yeah the the, the vegas raiders darren waller looked like um he got a good connection again after being uh virtually absent during the off season and the preseason so um expect that to continue the broncos uh, conceded 26.2 points so they're up against Houston and we also saw what OJ Howard did uh, after joining the Texans um, late on in the preseason so could that continue um, I personally think it could do, you know, domin- dominate that depth chart position, pick up those tasty red zone targets um, and then the Falcons, for the Falcons again, in third position, 20.1 points so Tyler Higby lock him in, load him
2: in nice Right then, our final segment of the week is Flex of the Week. Nice. Uh, so I had two this week. I'm, I'm obviously going to talk about one. Um, so, i was just going to go with... So, Jamal Williams, two touchdowns for him last week. Granted, he only had 11 rushing attempts for only 28 yards. However, the Lions like to keep bringing him into the game. And Swift has been injured this week and missing practice. So... It could end up getting potentially more workload this week, and yeah, we'll see how Swift goes. But just one to watch. I like, I like yeah. Williams. I've got him in quite a few of my fancy teams as my backup running yeah. back on the bench. So
1: yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, I think this is closer than a lot of um, primary and secondary backs. A lot closer to a committee than a lot of people think. Um, just just because, like you say, they they will use him in various situations and those touchdowns. Give a lovely little boost to yeah. any fantasy score. Uh, my pick um, was fairly reliable at the Raiders. So it's not Hunter Renfro this week. It's someone who was there last year. It's Zay Jones, who has moved to the Jags. Um, he is second, in my opinion, in that wide receiver group behind Christian Kirk. And Kirk will draw that primary coverage. Um, I believe he's third receiving option overall behind Kirk and ETN, because I think ETN is going to see... Just as much, if not more, of the ball in the air this week. First week, Zay Jones saw a, a really decent workload, six uh, completions on nine targets for 65 yards in a game that the Jags were behind in a lot. And it's likely that the same will happen again against the Colts this week. The Jags do struggle, you know, like they make they make mistakes. We saw a few mistakes in the first week. The great news is that the Colts. Also conceded force-worst fantasy points against the Texans, and that surprised a lot of people. So if the Texans can surprise them against the Colts, then I think the Jags could do the same as well. This time, we've got Lewis uh, delivering his message via video. So he sent in earlier today. He didn't want to miss out on the fun. So here is Lewis's pick.
0: What is going on Rush Nation? I am gutted not to be joining Rob and this week on Fast Action Friday but I couldn't miss out on all the fun and here is my flex of the week. Sterling Shepard for the New York Giants against the Carolina Panthers. He had a decent showing last week with just over 16 points, enough to finish as a wide receiver too. After the injury he picked up last season that is very solid. He's got the potential to lock down that wide receiver one role in New York as well. Saquon Barkley led the team in receptions with seven last week. But we've seen what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt done to Carolina in week one. They ran all over them. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Barkley use more in the rushing game than in the receiving. Plus for me, the culture that Brian Daboll is building in New York, that game's got a potential to be a shootout. Naturally, the wide receivers are going to eat more. Plus that beautiful touchdown he scored last week, Sterling Shepard. You probably had to grab him off the waiver wire. Do not let them $5 go to waste on your bench. Get him in the flex. Love spot. that. Mm. Thanks, him for Mark, him. Lewis. That was good. Right then,
2: Rob. That is it. Another Fast Action Friday in the books. Uh, it's always fast. That's what we want it to be. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, Lewis will get you back next week and joining in all the fun properly. Um but until that next week, keep rushing.